The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. try it again with my mic on north south connection podcast network listeners and viewers welcome into dirty war wrestling above replacement i am jt and joining me as always is my buddy marcus marcus how are you uh i'm good man i'm ready to get out of uh <laughs> the basement that we were in with the last show and talk about um get back across the pond yeah it's back across the pond back where wrestling <laughs> counts back in the good old us of a we are rolling through our new season. It's our second episode here. we got two great pay-per-views to talk about tonight that we're very excited to cover. If you're new here, this is a statistical breakdown of every pay-per-view in WWE history. We look at everything at a replacement level plus minus system. So to us, a replacement level is what you would expect a wrestling match to be, a promo to be, a build to be, a match quality of two and a half. It's like an average match grade. So just an average. Uh, anything that's better than average, we give 1.2. Anything that's below average, we take a point away from. We then net all that out, and whatever that total score is gives us the final score of the entire pay-per-view. We're stack ranking every pay-per-view against each other. Last episode, we had a top 10 show and a bottom 10 show. So a lot going on in our last episode. Uh, I think I don't think we'll be sniffing that basement again in this season, thankfully. But. No, thankfully not. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. But let's move on. Yes, let's do that. So we do this on a category basis, Marcus. What are those categories we discuss? We first talk about the build, so the buildup of the event, followed by commentary, the atmosphere, notable moments and importance, match grades, card structure, rewatchability, and all-time matches. And for us, an all-time match, for it to be a plus, is anything that we both agree is 4.25 and above. And for it to be a minus, it is anything we both agree is 0.75 or below. Yeah, as part of that, like you said, match grades, we watch every match, we grade every match, we take the average of my grade and your grade, and then we do a plus minus off of our, you know, what would be a average match, right, which is a two and a half. So um, if our average combined score is a 3.75, that gets a plus 0.1.25. So you'll see as we go how that how that kind of works itself out. All right, so why don't we go ahead and dive right into our first show here tonight. It is Judgment Day taking place on May 20th, 2001 from the Arco Arena in Sacramento, 
California, Jim Ross and Paul Heyman back in the booth. Open up with a couple of heat matches. Raven defeating Val Venus. Rhymes with. I'm supposed to say penis. Penis. There you go. Very good. Uh, and the Holly Cousins defeating Kai and Tai. Indeed. Uh, still going here. That feud. Or team, I should say. And then we get right into the show itself. And our opening match is William Regal, who's been a mainstay so far this season for us, taking on Rikishi. Uh, who had just returned um, from a little bit of a time off with injury, right? I think he got hurt prior to WrestleMania, um, and they kind of just used this to hard reset him a little bit. He, yeah. of course, was, you know, in the end of 2000, had turned heel. He did it for The Rock, um, <laughs> attacked Steve Austin, <laughs> had the, the fat man broke the seat gimmick. Um, then he was teaming with Haku, which is a pretty fun little team. Got tossed off the Hell in a Cell. Yeah, he did. It looked like they were setting up him and Haku for the tag title match at Mania. And uh, he ended up getting hurt, and they they move off of that. Uh, Looked like he was going to fight. Maybe not the tag titles, but they were going to fight Taker and Kane at Mania. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, so they ended up shifting off of that. So then he got hurt, comes back here. So this is kind of like a reintroduction. He had just returned on TV. Three-minute match. uh, Not much going on. Regal beats him. Two and a half. Pretty much as elementary as it gets. Yep, two and a half for me. Uh, nothing really to write home about. Uh, we'll get to something to talk about, and that is with uh, Chris Benoit taking on Kurt Angle. Uh, this is going to be their last matchup in the series that we'll talk about this season. Um, Angle wins. It is a um, um, it is a two out of three falls match. Yeah, with the uh, first fall being pinfall only, second fall submission only, and then the third fall is a ladder match. Uh, Benoit wins the first fall, Angle wins the second fall, and then Angle wins the third fall with a little bit of help from Edge and Christian. Uh, of course, Angle is getting his uh, gold medals back, yep. which were uh, kept in a tangy location, Cole. <laughs> they got to be tangy, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this was um, this was a good match to end things on, and yep. I went with 4.25. Me too. So I had it aligned with Backlash, pretty much the same, a little above Mania. Uh, it was a good ending to the feud. Of course, I got my original I'll Mickey Tap Out shirt on here from, I think, probably 2001, I think, is when they made this one. So right around this time period. Um, yeah, I like the gimmick. I, you know, they had three great matches. They also had the interaction match we liked a lot. So that was also best of three. It might have been like a little bit of a test run for this one. Didn't have the gimmicks involved. But um, so, I mean, a great feud. I think it was a, a really good way to keep these guys busy through the Mania season and post-Mania season. They're going to split them off now. Angle's got some big things ahead, uh, as does Benoit, honestly. So they both were really prepping for some big-time stuff. So this was like a very classic upper-mid-card, both guys about to get elevated-type match, like a Warrior Rude. Like I'm trying to think of other ones. Like, it's just like two guys that were like on the doorstep, Brett and Sean, I guess, maybe like ready to take that next step up quickly. As soon as it ends. So both are headed to the world title scene coming off of this. Uh, but yeah, it's been a great feud. Benoit gets his medals back. Uh, Angle gets his medals back. Not the last we're going to see a Benoit tonight, though. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we go back to the hardcore division for our next match. It's Tess taking on Big Show and Rhino. Rhino retains. I went two and a half. I was a little disappointed um, after the awesome match with Raven and Rhino. The great three-way at Mania. It kind of had the same principles a little bit in this one. I uh, just didn't feel like it really got going. Test and Big Show at least had a feud to it coming into this. Uh, I was fine with Rhino winning as the right decision. So I think it was it was fine. Just they had raised the bar a bit on the hardcore stuff. So I was a little disappointed. Yeah, two and a half. And what really stuck out to me is like you can feel Test and Big Show coming down the card, and you can feel Rhino like going right past them. Yeah. Um, and although we would have liked to seen Raven pick up the win, like we talked about in our last episode, um, I like to see that they're committed to Rhino here. Uh-huh. And again, like he's really picking up steam. I think having Heyman uh, kind of as, as his hype man on commentary, that definitely helps. Um, but the performances, man, like Rhino's a guy we forget, like he's younger than John Cena famously. Um, so he's super young here and um, he's making the most of his opportunities, I think. All right. Um, our next match uh, is also a title match. It is for the women's title as China is defending against Lita. China will retain. Uh, I went to 2.75. And this is really one of our first and really our final glimpse of China in the women's division as champion uh, and defending. Um, it's a good test for Lita, I think. Uh-huh. They 
I don't know. They go a little bit of a weird section with the storyline. Um, but it's it is okay. a little, it's, it was like, right. It's okay. It's probably, you know, replacement level. Um, but yeah, for the match itself, I went with a 2.75. Uh, yeah, same for me. It was actually, I thought surprising a little bit how good it was. Um, I think China was really in her bag at this point, even though she was pretty much done. This is her last pay-per-view before she's gone. Um, I think she was a good fit in the women's division. Actually. I, I liked her against the men's like stuff. We talked about that when we did the 99, 2000 season, but I thought she actually did a good job as kind of being the North star, of the women's division, like the maybe potentially unbeatable champion. Her and Lita kind of did the frenemies thing leading up to this. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, you know, she was coming off the stupid neck injury thing with Ivory that was hokey, but the mania return was good. So she was kind of on a little bit of a, a run here, China, before she's gone. But I, I liked this match. I was surprised, honestly, how much I was into it. Uh, so China retains, but sadly, this is the uh, end of the road for her, for us. All right, we got our intercontinental title match next. It's a chain match, and that is Kane defeating Triple H for the intercontinental title. So... Hunter does the job. Kane takes the belt. I went three and a half. I've always dug this match. I thought they did a good job with the with the stip. I thought they used the chain well. I thought they, it was cool that they gave Kane the moment. You know, there uh, we talked about it last episode, right? Between him and Taker, maybe Kane's kind of the guy you want to go with. Out of the two, he's mm-hmm. in better shape. He's younger. He's maybe even out popping Taker. He's coming off that great Rumble match, uh, so he's you know feeling it a little bit. So I, I think giving him the icy belt was a nice little touch. I, I liked that. Yeah, it was a good touch without really feeling like a step back um, because, you know, this has been in the main event picture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good chain match, too. It's probably uh, one of the best chain matches I can think of off the top yeah, of my head. So and they I didn't do the stupid 5. post thing. It was old school. They just used the chain right. to beat the shit out of each other. You know, right. so I liked that part of it. It wasn't like the stupid touch the four corners crap. Yeah, they got rid of that. And it was an excellent call. So, yeah, 3.5 for both of us. Um, our next match is tag team turmoil, uh, with, I believe the winner is becoming number one contenders, uh, for the tag team titles. Um, and, uh, see if I can get a quick list of the teams here. Um, not available. Uh, I have it here. So yeah, you got it. Okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, so we start with the APA first. Uh, they fight Malenko and Saturn. They defeat them. Then the Dudley boys come out, uh, and, uh then x factor then the hardy boys then we get our big surprise with chris benoit and chris jericho and then edge and christian and benoit jericho end up winning the turmoil um to defeat edge and christian so the apa was eliminated by x factor malenko and saturn the dudleys were eliminated by the apa which i actually found kind of surprising um x factor eliminates the hardys and then jericho and benoit eliminated x factor and then beat edge and christian to become the number one contenders and of course that would set up one of the all-time classic raw matches the next night against triple h and steve austin which leads to the the blown quad of triple h (laughs) but uh this this really kicks off the push like benoit lost earlier in the night but he comes back here him and jericho form and now they're going to become almost the next mega powers of the promotion taker and kane took a swing now we're going to get benoit jericho coming up and they're going to be feuding with the two-man power trip in theory, at least half of it now. Absolutely. Yeah, and it, it was a cool way to get Benoit his win, his win back uh, mm-hmm. by getting Edge and Christian involved too. So you know you, you do get some some finality there on that end. Uh, it's not just a loose end out there. And they uh, give him a lot 10. of time, twenty five minutes. Yeah, I mean, and you know it's they're the correcting the mistakes. The they're correcting the mistakes of like insurrection, like we talked about. Like yeah. this match has a ton of the good workers in it, and they right. give them time. Uh, you know, they let them cook. So. Uh, I love tag team turmoil. That's something I realized during this. Like, I don't always love tag team turmoil, but like a really good tag team turmoil. It's in like my, my top five gimmick matches, man. I love it. So I went four. Um, I really appreciated seeing um, X Pac Incredible go on a little bit of a run here. I really liked that the APA went on a run as well. So it's a tag team turmoil. And during this, you know, towards the end of the hot peak of like Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys. Uh, the Dudley boys, it's not those teams dominating. It's the APA and it's the X factor. So yep. uh, that, that was pretty cool to see. All right. So three and three quarters for me on that. Uh, I agree. It was you know, really well done. And they gave it a big chunk of time. Just a little shy of that at 23 minutes. Don't go Steve Austin defeats the Undertaker and no holds barred match to retain his world title. Uh, I went three and a half on this. I, I didn't really get into it. It's just, it was so long. And I just I do not like Taker during the stretch. I just find him a little bit boring. Um, Austin is you could see he's still trying to piece this shit together, like what he wants to do with this with this gimmick. Is he a chicken shit? Is he a badass? Like, what's he gonna be? 
Uh, it clicks kind of quickly because we get the tag match the next night. And then I think what really kicks this title reign into high gear is um, those matches in the same week where he fights Jericho on Raw and Benoit on SmackDown, and they're both classics. King of the mm-hmm. Ring is great. We'll talk about. And then he's off and running from there. So I think this is like the fulcrum of like his title run. I think it, it tips the next night finally on Raw. And maybe it's just when he's saddled with someone he doesn't do as well. Like, like if you think back to 96, he had to get rid of DiBiase to take off. And it almost felt like, all right, did he need to shed Triple H? So like, even though I think Triple H, honestly, might be a hot take. I, don't, I think I liked him better than Austin during these two months when they were together. Like, mm. I thought he just stood out more as, as a worker. He's showing ass a little bit more. Like, I, I think he actually carried that team. Um, but it, and the team ending in Austin, finding that character where he's paranoid and needs Vince's love. Like, I think that's what really takes it to the next level. Um, pairing with angle and all that. So we'll see it take off, but this really, this to me is like, ugh, all right, get past this and get to the good stuff. Something I think we've discovered during, uh, during this project. And I think Aaron's talked about as well is like triple H does better when he is like upper mid card, or if he is a main eventer dropping down to like help fill out the card, mm. that's a really good use of him. And I think that's why he shines a little bit brighter in the two man power trip. Um, and you know, I, that might be the face. best use of him. He's better What's as a that face. Too? Yeah. He's always kind of has been, which is like crazy because he spent so much friggin' time as a heel. But like, I think it's just because his mood, like he's just better at selling and making a hot comeback. Um, but I think some of his best stuff to me is outside of like that run in 2000, like a lot of his best stuff is when he's a face, like, you know, 98, when you see with the rock is some of his better stuff. I think here he's ostensibly kind of the facier of the two. Yeah, he was, he was a kind of a face ish during that little run in the fall, which was really good. Um, you know, later on, like some of his better stuff, non DX reunion is, is better as a face like in 08 and shit. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I went for this match and that's just mostly on like the pure chaos of the finish. Like mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for really good WWE overbooking yeah. and this just felt like pure chaos at the end. So uh, that's why I went a little take higher but i agree like taker kind of looks a little cooked here uh stone cold is still trying to figure out exactly how he's going to wrestle and present himself but uh great chaos to end things yep all right so that gives us a total match grade score five seven five which is high again like we talked about what powered backlash was that strong match score uh so we're starting hot again here with a very strong in-ring outing uh this is near the upper edge of where we get when it comes to our match grade so all right, uh, let's get to our categories. For build, we gave a point to William Regal wanting revenge for Stephanie getting the stink face from Rikishi in his return. A point for the Benoit Angle long-running feud with the stolen medals. A point for Test and Big Show carrying from Backlash through Insurrection into here. Uh, a point for Alpha China just bullying the women's division. The frenemy stuff with Lita was good. Uh, and a point for the two-man power trip, just totally dominating TV or uh, destroying Kane's arm to set up that chain match. You know, as much as we're kind of poo-pooing some of it, like the week-to-week TV part of it was was very good, and they were in complete control. Yep. Uh, for our minus, we only have one here, and that is the uh, the Brothers Destruction being uh, still presented as, like, the top two faces um, despite so many signals against it, like we're seeing, like, Jericho, Benoit uh, are making their way up the card. The Hardy Boys are really popular, so uh, a lot of different ways you could have gone there. Um, but that gives us a war total of four for that category. All right, commentary. We're back to Heyman and JR. So we gave him the plus three. They're fantastic all night with the arguing, bickering, and storytelling. So uh, plus three there. Uh, they also do a really good job specifically with the psychology and story of the medals. Uh, this and you know how that plays into that match. So we gave a plus one for that. A plus one for the awesome line by Heyman where he says, Triple H is a man so violent he retired Mick Foley. That the way he says it has had so much gravity and importance to Triple H. Uh, and then a point for Vince being in the booth felt like a throwback uh, when he joins for the match. So uh, pretty good. We had no negatives. So yep. that's a plus six on commentary. So JR and, and Heyman continue to deliver. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and yeah, like you said, cool touch seeing Vince back in the booth. All right, atmosphere. We gave a point for the really big pop uh, for Rikishi, a point for the good fight atmosphere between Lita and China. I feel like a real scrap. The crowd was into it. I feel like an underground fight. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, just, it felt real. Uh, a point for the Triple H entrance, a point for Kane's uh, reaction. The crowd was super into him. A point for the crowd being super into the Dudleys, a point for the big pop for Jericho and Benoit, uh, a huge pop for The Undertaker. 
The crowd is molten down the final stretch of the main event. We give a point for all the new gear for China, Rikishi, Benoit, Angle. Just really makes it look, you know, help aesthetically with the season progression. Yeah. Makes it look like the stars are evolving. So we, we like when they put extra touch into that to make the pay-per-views feel special. So a point for that as well. Yep. Uh, our only minus is uh, the low energy for the hardcore match. Uh, like once they take the match backstage and it gets out of the ring, uh, the yeah. crowd the crowd doesn't quite recover from that. Yeah, it gets quiet and, and kind of dulls things. That's a plus eight for atmosphere. So very good night here from the crowd and from the overall presentation. Uh, for notable moments and importance, we give a point for Angle regaining his medals, a point for Kane winning the Intercontinental title, and a point for Benoit and Jericho coming together to become number one contenders for the tag team titles the next Raw. And for our minuses, we've got China's final uh, WF pay-per-view uh, before being shoved out of the company. We've got Eddie Guerrero's final pay-per-view appearance before he takes off to rehab. Uh, and he's essentially a background character here um, in the whole Hardy Boys, Lita uh, dynamic. Oh, we've got Austin costing a, a Triple H the Intercontinental title by accident, and then Triple H being pissed off at Vince and um, Austin afterwards. Um, so while that is a minus, it does kind of kick off like the paranoid Steve Austin a little bit, but we'll definitely cover that uh, on our our next uh, our next event. All right, so that's a, a wash on moments, which is I'd say pretty rare probably for this time period to, yeah. to have a washout a moments, but booking wise, a show. That's probably the biggest weakness of it, honestly. Um, match grades, 5.75. Card structure, we give a point to start hot with Rikishi, a good heel and Regal, so clear, clearly defined lines in that match. And a point for the card itself. We had a really good flow. There was no downtime. It just went match, match, match. Um, up and down, we had a few long matches, a few short matches. They just had a really good balance to things. Yep. Our only minus here is a... Uh... Jerry Lynn and the uh, light heavyweight title being relegated to WWE New York. All right. So that's a plus one for card structure. Rewatchability. We give a point for Regal pushing through a very nasty cut. Uh, looked kind of grotesque. A point for Angles promos about his medals, mocking the Kings. Uh, a point for a Holly Alabama slam on Devon through the table with a nasty spot. A point for Vince's entrance. A point for Austin's chair shot. Vince just completely crushed him uh, when he missed on Taker. <laughs> and then a point for the main event chaos as a whole. Just a lot of rewatchable moments in that main event. Those two always hit each other with chairs. Like they oh, always Austin just money. crushed him so many times. <laughs> No one likes yeah, a freaking disaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, for our minuses, we get one of the, I, this has to be the most uncomfortable segment um I think I've seen during this project. Um, and that is Stephanie McMahon showing off her new suit to Vince. Oh my um, god, and yeah. he sounds way too excited oh, yeah. about how she looks. Oh, you look great. Yeah, um, it was creepy. She's like, Do you like my new suit? Like it was it was very odd. It was very odd. Yeah, you very nice. It, weird. Um, they show the offices backstage all night, and there's like a ton of like piping and draping. Um, you can tell that like it's just set up in a, a backstage area. It's not actual offices, uh, so that's a bad look. And um, clean shaven X Pac makes me uh, uncomfortable. Oh yeah. <laughs> no thanks. It's like with shaves. Some all set. It's weird. <laughs> makes uh, <you> nervous. <laughs> So that's a plus three for rewatchability. Uh, we have one all-time match in Benoit Angle. No negatives there. And that gives us a very strong final score of 28.75. Um, you know, it's a, it's something that could have maybe finished even higher, Marcus, if uh, the moments were more important. You know, if we didn't have some of those negatives in there, could have maybe snuck into the top 10. As is, uh, it's going to be actually right at 10, it looks like. It's tied with Money in the Bank 11. Um, okay. Money in the Bank 11 has the better match, right? Because we're five on Cena Punk, I believe, yeah. or close to it. So um, it's going to finish tied with that above Royal Rumble 2000, but at 10th. So it's our 10th best show all time. So we've just started the season. We already have two top 10 shows. Yeah, the uh, I think the in-ring, like it's the good blend of the Attitude Era, right? You still get a lot of the moments of the Attitude Era. Uh, you get the atmosphere, but now you're getting like the really strong in-ring product uh, you yeah. know, of the 21st century. Agreed. All right. Uh, so 
I'm going to quickly take a minute, talk about Extreme 3 Way Dance. It rotates with us here on Thursdays. Myself, Jenny Smith, and Matt Souza going through the history of Extreme Championship Wrestling. We started in February 94. We are now into uh, late spring of 1998. So we are moving along. We're more than halfway through the project. Uh, exciting stuff. We're really digging, getting into it. And, uh, you know, hopefully check that out again. We're here every other Thursday with War. That rotates with us on schedule as well. We also have a lot of video-only content on our YouTube channel. If you're watching this, uh, some shorts, different games and lists we do. A lot of previews of, of pay-per-views, um, you know, premium live events. Ryan Gray does those match-by-match -match previews. We did some live stuff. So subscribe on the YouTube buttons below if you're watching. Uh, you get notified if we go live or, or talk about anything. And we're always open to feedback and, and thoughts as well and, you know, things we could do to improve. So be sure to check that out and share your feelings with us. All right. Let's get to our final show of the night, Marcus. It is June 24th, 2001, King of the Ring from the Continental Airlines Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Yet again, we have Jim Ross and Paul Heyman in the booth. And this is kind of right on the, the doorstep of the invasion taking over Dirty Up Programming. It's the last show uh, before that. So this is a, a little mini bridge we've talked about from Mania to the invasion. It's kind of like almost like a lost time, I feel like, in ways um, before the invasion just dominates the back end of the year. We'll be talking a ton about it, and it kind of soft launches tonight, really, during the show a little bit. You know, Shane appeared at Mania. He's been on TV on and off, uh, but now we're really going to kick things into gear starting tonight and to, to start the full-on invasion. Uh, our dark match, our heat match, is Matt Hardy defending his European title against Justin Credible. And then we get to our opener, which is a King of the Rings semifinal match. So a Kurt Angle defeat Christian in under nine minutes. Of course, this is one of the years where we had the semis or qualifiers on TV. The quarterfinals were also on TV. Uh, because the card is so filled up, we only have four uh, matches here tonight for the tournament. We have two semis and the finals. Uh, and for this match to kick us off, I went with 275. I thought it was very good. You know, at this point, Christian was still kind of the lesser entity of that team. Um, when you're looking at in-ring, he hadn't really done much in a singles respect. I thought Angle kind of throttled a little bit because he knew he had like a big night ahead. Uh, so I think it's a perfectly fine opener. Yeah, Christian is definitely a little lesser than of Edge and Christian at this point. But to their credit, they use that um, as a storyline beat as we're going to move along in the season. Uh, I went with three. I thought this was a, a really good uh, sub-10-minute match. Uh, and a really solid opener to get us uh, started. And I really like the uh, the storytelling there with Shane coming out and helping Angle and then kind of the speculation as to why he would do that all night um, by, uh, by our commentary team. Uh, our next match is also a King of the Ring semifinal match as Edge is going to defeat Rhino to advance to the finals. Uh, I went with a war score of three. Um, fantastic match again. Um, this was, well, this was right at 10 minutes. This was uh 10 20. Um, but I liked, uh, I liked like they really got to it. The action never really like settled down. Um, it was, it was intense. They wrestled with urgency. Um, and it's cool to see Rhino have a non hardcore title match, mm, yeah. um, you know, straight up singles match, uh, traditional style, but. You know, he delivered, man. Rhino's been awesome, and it's cool to see the progression. And now we're we're seeing the progression of Edge too um, during during the season. All right, so I went two seven five on this as well. I had it pretty much in line with the opener. Uh, it's an interesting setup they have because they have Team Wreck, like Rhino, Edge, Christian, and Angle have kind of been a little bit of a unit since Mania when Rhino debuted right before. Uh, he's kind of been working for him, so they kind of went all heel in a way for the tournament and they're all like friends. So it was, it was an interesting approach, but it did make Rhino feel special to have him in the final four here. Uh, but Edge Angle felt like the natural progression for the final. So I was fine with that. All right. Next up is a very random tag team title match. The Dudley boys defending against Spike Dudley and Kane. So the Dudleys of course have splintered off. Bubba and Devon have turned heel. Um, you know, Kane, Kane's brought in basically as like Spike's mystery partner or whatever. Uh, and I, this is fine. I went three stars. Like, you know, Kane and Spike probably weren't going to win the tag titles. Kane was our IC champion, big win over Triple H. Now he's doing this, like kind of feels weird, uh, like a little bit of a downgrade. But again, in the ring, once the bell rang, like it was pretty good energy. Yeah, I went with three as well. Um, Angle, it could have been done on TV, but like, you know, when you have a, a, a show that's themed, you know, King of the Ring. So, you know, that's going to be the main focus of the show. Plus, you have a title match, you know. This is a, a fine addition to the card to kind of break things up. And it definitely didn't take away with a, a match created three from the both of us. 
Um, and they did a really good job protecting Kane too, because uh, that was a fear I had. Like, you know, what's Kane going to look like uh, teaming with Spike Dudley? But right. he looked great. They did a good job of protecting him, presenting him. Uh, so that takes us to our King of the Ring finals as Edge is going to defeat Kurt Angle, prevent Angle from becoming a uh, back-to-back King of the Ring King of the Ring winner. Uh, I went with a match grade here of 3.25. Again, a really solid match. Um, a great match to elevate Edge. Um, they continue the story beats with like Christian getting involved and um, Shane McMahon coming out to cost Angle, and we'll see how that plays into uh, the upcoming match with Shane and Kurt. Uh, but yeah, 3.25 for me. Yeah. Same for me. I like the story here. Um, like you said that Shane ends up costing Kurt. He, he did. We didn't mention earlier, but he did help him win the first round match because he wanted him to fight twice. So they kind of tell yeah. that story nicely because they got to fight later. So Shane has him go full to the limit and then cost them, screws him over edge becomes King, which is fine. You know, they're going to try and set him up for the solo split and, and face push. So you kind of see that coming. It's a good way to do it. Even though he doesn't get the toughest win, um, you know, by having Shane help him, but we'll see how they capitalize over the next couple months. But uh, yeah, three and a quarter for me there. I also went three and a quarter. Our next match, Jeff Hardy defeating X-Pac uh, light heavyweight title was on the line in that match. Uh, you know, and, and Hardy was the champion. He retains I, again. I was very good. I was maybe hope for a little bit more with these two guys. They do give him a little bit of time. Um, they give him 10 minutes, uh, I'm sorry, seven minutes. So maybe like to see a little bit more, but they don't really cut the pace you'd hope for. This is during the time, uh, when there was a lot of complaints around X-Pac winning, um, on losing on pay-per-view, but winning on TV. And many thought it was like a power play by X-Pac to lose to the smaller audience and then win in front of the bigger audience on TV. I remember I asked Kevin Kelly about this back on the old PTB when we did the interviews with him and he kind of poo-pooed it, but, um, it was definitely a trope. Like, it happens a few times. I feel like during this run, where he'll lose on, he'll put the guy over on pay per view, but then win the title on Raw the next night. And I think this is one of them. Um, so anyway, it was a very good match. Just, you know, a little disappointing. Yep, same uh, same match grade for me. Uh, you know, decent win to to keep Hardy going, and it's 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 interesting seeing that like Matt Hardy split up. Uh, you know, doing the dark match, and you got Jeff here doing a singles match, and you got Edge and Christian dipping their toes into singles competition. So they're kind of like trying to like soft launch you know a singles career of all four guys and uh you know we we know how they love to break up tag teams but here we are uh man can't get the smile off my face um i've been looking forward to covering this match doing this project uh for a long time it is shane mcmahon taking on kurt angle in a street fight and if i had one match to show somebody like make them a wrestling fan uh, and to show them like why I love wrestling. It's this match. This match is brutal. Um, and it blends like a fisticuffs and mm-hmm. aggression and a street fight with professional wrestling. Um, and you get some really gnarly spots. You get some nasty spots and then you also get like some sick action figure spots too. Like just things that are so creative. You wouldn't think that they would actually do them. Um, so I had no other choice here. Um, got to twist my arm five stars, full five for me. If I could go six, I would can't say enough good about this match. This match rocks. I went five too. Like I thought maybe going in, I'd be a little short of it, but it's awesome. Like it just holds up so well. It's, it's brutally violent, which I, I lean against sometimes these days. Like the really bad growth, especially you know, where angles body goes over the next few years. Um, <laughs> But that said, every now and then you need a good spectacle shit show. And this is it. Like, And the story's good, too, because you know, it started with Shane interrupting the medal ceremony. Angle, Angle slams him off the podium. Shane fucks with him all night, costs him the crown. So there's like some good heat coming into this. Shane is right on that doorstep of bringing WCW in. And, you know, he's a face now, but again, it's got to twist soon um, the other way. And it gives a little built-in animosity for Angle to have against the Alliance when that gets there because of this whole thing. Um, Shane, God bless him, just takes a fucking beating in this match. Like (laughs) The throws through the glass are just disgusting. I remember just losing my mind watching this show when he was chucking him around through the glass. And he just keeps doing it until it breaks. And then the Angle slam off the table in the corner and all that at the end. Like It's just brutal. And it's a long match. 25 minutes. 
Yeah. Um, it's seared in my head. Five stars. I mean, O One Angle is one of my favorite runs of anyone ever, and this really is like the next few shows solidifies it. He's just fantastic here. Uh, and, what a night for him! Just a, a pure, you know, it's different than Bret Hart's '93, but it's along those lines of a guy that just had like three matches, um, owned the pay per view, owned the night, and just like completely left this stand as a standout competitor. And this is the first time, like we've seen comedy Kurt, we've seen mm-hmm. competitive Kurt. This is the first time we're seeing like psycho Kurt um, early dips into like perk angle Kurt. Like Mm -hmm. he's a madman here and we had not seen that side of Kurt angle. Um, And it's no surprise seeing where he's going to go later on this summer uh, and how he's going to get there. Like they, they had hate to say they had to see this because it's their own booking that kind of put him in this situation. But yeah, when he's throwing Shane through the glass, he's also like putting his arm through the glass first. Like, right. He could have cut himself the suplex on the outside with no padding. There's a million spots in this match that just, they leave you speechless, man. They really do. They're just brutal. Um, but yeah, yeah excellent match. <laughs> All right, main event is also brutal for a couple of different reasons. Uh, but that is Steve Austin defeating Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho in a triple threat match to retain his title. Um, 28 minutes just shy of that. And it is as stiff and hard hitting as a match as a guess. I mean, 01 Austin is really what seals this dude's career because he just completely destroys his body throughout the whole year. All the Germans and the impact spots. This match is what puts Benoit on the shelf. He breaks his neck at the end on the on the back suplex. Austin ends up breaking his back and his hand in the post-match when Booker T attacks out of nowhere. Or not post-match, just during the match when he throws him to the table. I mean, this this whole show is brutal. Like, this was like, they're really amping up the, the strong style during, during this time period. And this had like a wake of bodies, uh, this show. Um, <laughs> this blood and broken bones everywhere. And it took a toll. Like, they lost Triple H a few weeks yeah. before this. Now they lose Benoit for a year. Austin, who knows, coming out of the show, breaks, you know, a, a bone in his back and his hand. So this this really is a really hard-hitting, stiff war. Uh, you felt every minute of it. It sucked to lose Benoit for the invasion right after losing Triple H. Uh, but it, it holds up. I went four and a half. I mean, it's a great match. Three guys at their peak. This is why I even wanted Benoit Jericho in this top level right to deliver the matches that we saw on smackdown on raw and now a king of the ring like these this is what people wanted to see and they finally delivered it um you know they come up short i think people were maybe hoping one of them would win but i think they still had more story to tell with austin as champion yeah it didn't take long for that athleticism that we've seen this season to really escalate once it gets put in the main event picture um i went four and three quarters and i was not expecting to be that high on this match um i thought maybe tap out at four stars but um the the way that they structure the match where like austin has a singles match they they have the triple threat stuff and then it's austin having a singles match with you know both benoit and angle and then like Mm -hmm. angle or um with uh, benoit and jericho and then eventually get rid of austin they have a singles match with each other and then there's just like this insane finishing stretch um yeah you can literally see like the year is coming off of austin's body in this match and same for benoit um you know and he breaks his hand uh austin does going through the table looks like he hits it on the chair um coming down and like post-match like his he just looks like he survived a car wreck yeah it was brutal um yeah he's limping out these two matches back to back may legit be the two most brutal back-to-back matches in WF history. Yeah. When, when you think of like physical toll, you know, mm-hmm. hard hitting they are, um, the beatings they give, like th- these two, ha- this hour of block of programming may be the most vicious, brutal hour in company history. Like it's just, when you think about two matches back-to-back, I mean, they just destroy all of them. Uh, yeah. The pop for Booker is great, you know, when he interferes because that really felt like, okay, here we go, finally. The excitement about the invasion was was real at this point, so... Um, all right, so that wraps the show. That gives us a total match score of seven seven five, Marcus, which is, is I think it's going to be one of the highest, if not the highest. It's up there. Um, so one of the best in ring shows we've covered. Everything was for us like two seven five and above. It's a pretty tight card. There's one that we haven't talked about though. That's going to really drag down what could it be potentially an all time <laughs> show, uh, and that is Diamond Dallas Page and the Undertaker's oh, shenanigans boy. throughout the show. Uh, so let's talk about it as part of our category. So let's get into build. 
give a point for the beginning of the invasion. Kind of officially kicks off here. A point for Benoit and Jericho elevating and winning the tag titles, and then Austin screws them out of the belts. A point for DDP being revealed as the Undertaker's stalker. So we have been seeing videotape of Undertaker's wife, Sarah, being followed and stalked. We have the infamous moment where DDP rips off the ski mask on Raw, reveals himself to be the stalker. Challenges Taker to make me famous in East Rutherford. So DDP takes a seat at ringside. And the whole night, we just get clips of different stalker videos of DDP. Taker playing mind games. Taker finally shows up. We get a long brawl all through the ring and crowd. So it's not a match, but it's treated like one. And it really chops up the show. It dominates the show, really. We're going to talk a lot about it throughout the categories. We give a point for Austin's conspiracy obsession, breaking him down. He's super attached to Vince. He's losing his mind. You know, he thinks everyone's out to screw him. Uh, we give a point for Angle's big night, trying to repeat his King of the Ring and also beat Shane. A point for the King of the Ring Final Four being Team Wreck. And a point for Angle's award ceremony ruined by Shane to kick off the relaunch of WCW. So a lot of great build for this show. Yeah, a lot of great build, a lot of great segments, like that angle, uh, metal celebration. Beautiful how it just flows from like the, the Benoit feud to to um to Shane and playing in the King of the Ring. Uh, for our minuses, we've got Triple H tearing his quad in that tag match, like you talked about. Uh, DDP being the stalker, wanting to be made famous, not a star uh, debuting. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a big guy for WCW, and they kind of you know debut him like that. Um, he also has like a Playboy model wife. Um, oh, that's the worst ex- part of this. Like, he's got like one of the hottest. No, I think they were still married at this point. He's got like they, okay. one, of, one of the hottest wrestling you know women of all time is his wife literally a playboy centerfold in kimberly why and he yeah. slummed around with sarah you know like it just it just didn't make any sense like and at least if they would have presented it as like all right he did it to get an undertaker's head and get him into the ring but that's not where it goes from here so like it really makes it even worse where he actually becomes obsessed with sarah it's just it was such yeah. a waste i don't know how much ddp had in the tank but he had more than this, you know, like even if he was like a mouthpiece as the big boss or something could have worked, but yeah, they should have dropped it once he got here. Like once yeah. he gets to the building and gets taker, yeah. drop the Sarah stuff and, and switch yeah, say him, I was messing you know. with you. I just wanted you here in the ring. Let's go. You know, All right. The mind so, games. So that's a plus um, four then, for Bill. Yeah. We also uh, went minus one for uh, nothing really for the tag team titles for the, yes. the thrown together segment. All right, so that's a plus four for Bill's commentary. A really good point by Heyman explaining the rumors that Benoit or Jericho could be defecting to WCW in Madison Square Garden. So that fuels a lot of the paranoia throughout the show. If one of them wins the belt, they're going to jump. That's a big rumor. Uh, we had a point for uh, JR and Heyman doing a nice job not hammering home Shane's subtle actions or he's trying to force Angle to wrestle extra matches. Like, they don't, you know, Cole probably would have been like, I get it. I know what he's doing. You know, he's trying to make it like, you know, he would have really. But why? Yeah, he would have went all in. <laughs> they they kept it subtle. Uh, a point for uh, a great job by Heyman explaining how X-Pac helped change light heavyweight wrestling in the U.S. as well. I thought that was a, a poignant point. Uh, we didn't give him the usual plus three because I, I didn't think they were as dialed in tonight. Um, I don't know if that had to do with some of the structure with the Undertaker stuff. I wasn't feeling them as much as I had been as far as like really driving the show. Yeah, plus they had like a lot of repeat people, right? Like you're seeing Edge twice, yeah. you're seeing Angle three times, seeing Shane multiple times during the show. There's less story, yeah. Yeah, um, but our minuses for this section were uh, we do get uh, Paul Heyman female victim blaming a little bit. Uh, so that's awkward, and it leads to awkward uh, argument with Jim Ross. And then you get JR off his game a little bit, calling the 3D a DDT. Um, yeah. But that is a, a total of two. All right. So let's go to atmosphere. We have a point for the big pop for Kane, big pop for Edge becoming king of the ring. Always a point for we get to hear the actual X Factor theme. It was not edited out in this. We didn't get the generic bop that we had at Backlash. This is the actual Uncle Cracker X Factor theme song in its full pristine glory. A point for big pop for Undertaker's entrance. A point for the crowd reaction for all the angle Shane glass spots. And a point for the big pop for Benoit Jericho. And of course, a point for the pop when Booker T makes his arrival on the scene. Yep. Uh, our only two minuses for this category are the crowd really not vibing with the DDP stalker stuff. Um, who can blame them? And uh, the crowd being taken out for a minute due to the uh, double tap on Austin. You'd expect that like somebody's going to be champion or something, but um, you know they just kind of continue. It's a weird spot match. in that match. Yeah, they they yeah. both put, they put the what sharpshooter cross face on or whatever or walls walls cross face yeah. 
Austin taps and they're like, oh, who wins? And they just restart the match. Um, so I think that like kind of paused the crowd for a minute. Like they got a little lost in that moment there. Uh, but that's a plus five. Again, a very strong atmosphere show. Uh, notable moments. We give a point for DDP's big pay-per-view debut. A point for Kurt Angle making his King of the Ring finals two straight years. A point for Edge winning the King of the Ring. A point for Tajiri making his pay-per-view debut as William Regal's assistant backstage. Of course, that become an iconic pairing throughout this year. A point for Vince distancing himself from being there for Austin, kind of planting some subtle seeds as to Austin maybe feeling not feeling the love. Uh, three points for the insane Shane Angle spots that just dominate the memories of the show. And three points for Booker T's debut and firing the first shots of the invasion, a massive angle that will dominate um, the back end of the year so. Uh, you know, big whopper on those two moments there for notable moments. All right. Let's see how our minuses play out. Uh, we got a weak feeling King of the Ring tournament. Uh, it's in the middle. The, the finale is in the middle of the show. Uh, it's not really a huge deal, and it's disappointing matches, given who was involved a little bit. Um, we get X-Pac being presented as more dominant and then uh, being screwed despite being the heel. Uh, Taker takes forever to wrap his hands uh, on his entrance. Got to get his MMA stuff in, his boxing stuff in to show you how cool he is. Um, it makes DDP look like a job guy right away, uh, just the way he kind of pinballs for Undertaker. Uh, we've got Booker accidentally hurting Austin, Benoit blowing out his neck and then missing a year. We went minus two there. And Austin breaking his hand and back on the table. It's just a lot of shrapnel from this so, show, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so it's a plus four for moments, uh, which is disappointing when you look at we had the banger stuff that we added on the plus side. Um, definitely a lot of downside as well. Uh, we talked about 775 for match grades. Card structure, we give a point for starting hot with DDP's debut. Comes out, the crowd's into it. A point for the tremendous video package for the main event, which is super well done. And a point to stagger angles three big matches through the night. Really told a nice story and through line throughout the pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, for our minuses, we've got only two King of the Ring rounds on pay-per-view with the uh, semifinals and then the finals. Uh, way, way too much time spent on the stalker stuff. Uh, we should have did a uh, WrestleMania 32 style uh, oh my God. segment counter on it's this. It's ridiculous. It's going to be over 45 minutes, I feel like, all in. Felt there's like so it. much like hidden footage of DDP and him freaking out, like seeing himself at the diner, walking in the mm-hmm. parking lot, and... Uh, we get Taker wrapping his hands again. All makes DDP, you know, look like a putz. Um, makes him look totally ineffective, especially when, yeah. you know, to this point, he's the biggest guy in the invasion. Um, no real face uh, in the King of the Ring tournament. So, like, who do you really pick to choose? Um, all the heels kind of leads to um, some stun pops during the, the tourney matches, too. So, so negative one negative for card structure. Yeah, not yeah. great. Um Rewatchability, we get a point for Austin's reaction when Coach tells him about the WCW rumors, makes a phone call to Vince from Regal's office, to Jerry, you know, Regal and to Jerry's office. He's talking to the awkward security guard. Where's Vince? He's fantastic all night backstage. We give it three. I mean, these are some of the best character work of Austin's careers during this stretch, and it really kind of kicks off again here. Uh, a point for Rhino's Superfly Splash was awesome. A point for Angle trying to convince Edge to lay down because I think I know you, uh, which is great. And then a point for Angle just murdering Shane, of course, is totally rewatchable. So awesome. Um, or for our minuses, though, we've got DDP being mad about the hidden footage. Um, angry, whiny Billy Gunn at WF New York. He looks terrible. Yeah. Um, looks 10 times better in the year 2023. Uh, we've got Sarah, uh, Sarah Undertaker talking and walking around with the uh, giant camcorder. <laughs> Looks yeah. like something out of Home Alone. Um, and then Benoit breaking his neck. All right. So that's a plus two for rewatchability. We actually had two all time matches uh, McMahon Angle and Jericho Benoit Austin. So plus two there. And I'm going to say, Marcus, it's a surprisingly potentially disappointing 25.75 for King of the Ring. And that sounds crazy because that's super high. It's our 15th best show now of all time. But I thought going into this, this had like top five potential because I knew it had two great matches. It had some awesome build, a great crowd. But what really kills it are two things, take or DDP. If you take all that out of the negatives, it's like five or six points added back in immediately. And then the injury stuff that really derails a lot of like the stuff to follow. And that, that dings it. But I, I mean, this had potential, like, if you take that stuff out of there, you add six or seven more points on, you're talking top five, top six. So yeah. um, Undertaker DDP really killed the show from being like 
a super tip-top all-timer. So for us, it ends up finishing in 15th place all-time, just below fully loaded 1999, just above NXT TakeOver Rival, just above WrestleMania 32. Um, so that's that. Uh, so we'll be back in two weeks with uh, some big-time stuff, right? We'll be covering Invasion and one of my favorite shows of all time, SummerSlam 2001. So we'll get into that for sure as we continue to travel through a really great season. Uh, should we talk about our top 10 real quick? Uh, yeah, let's run through it. Okay. All right. In 10th place, we have Royal Rumble 2000 at 28 and a half. Uh, in ninth place, we have Judgment Day 2001 with a 28.75. And as we talked about earlier, just above it, tied is Money in the Bank 2011, 28.75. And that is tied. Uh, oh no, uh, we have Backlash 2001 with a 29.25. Royal Rumble 2016 with a 32. WrestleMania 21 with a 33.5. SummerSlam 2015 at 35.25. Rumble 2005 with a 36.5. And then we have a tie atop uh, for first place. Uh, SummerSlam 1999 and SummerSlam 1992 tied at 38.25. Right now, we nominally have SummerSlam 92 in first place because uh, they have a better match uh, by our combined brave. So there's our top 10. I uh, hope you all enjoy this. Again, leave any comments, thoughts, feedback, concerns, criticisms, love on our YouTube comments or any of our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok profiles. So make sure you subscribe, share. We love you. Talk to you soon. Like a book, like a book. Just like I'm walking on the book